welcome to Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata, host of the program, and it is show number 197. Thank you so much for joining us live here on Facebook. Proud member of the Education Podcast Network, as well as Voice Ed Radio Canada. We're going to be talking a little bit about Canada today uh, with today's guest, uh, but proud to be on uh, those uh, networks or on iTunes where many people listen to the program. Uh, if you are joining us live, jump in the show today. We're going to meet an amazing guest, an amazing person, and uh, I'd love for you to be part of the show. It's what, what makes the show unique uh, in a way that we are live and people can join in on the, uh, the program. So it's show number 197. Today's guest is Katie Dickerson. Katie is currently in Florida. She's lived around the country. Uh, she has an amazing story to tell. Uh, she works with Equitable. Um, she, her, her background is in um, uh, social work, clinical therapy, uh, but she is in with a uh, uh, equity group now and doing a great job there. And uh, we met in Florida and she has an amazing story about these endurance uh, activities that she's involved with. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. My number one fan is watching. Mom, you're able to get the link back up. I know you... Uh, you said you weren't getting the notification, so I'm glad uh, my number one fan is uh, watching the program, my mom, so it makes that special. I do want to thank today's sponsor, uh, Havsies Cookies. There's the discount code, Marada15. Uh, spring is here. We got birthday parties. We got barbecues. Uh, check them out. They're, they're locally made. It's a small business, and the company's called Havsies Cookies. Amazing cookies. Yes, cut in half. There's your discount code. They've been a friend of the program for a few years now, and we appreciate David and his wife and the work they're doing. Havesiescookies.com. Check them out. Use discount code Marada15. So the topic to kick us off here is uh, amazing opportunities, right? Incredible activities. I'm going to start uh, asking Katie about this, but she was telling me about these endurance hikes she does, these endurance and I don't want to call them races, right? Her goal is not to finish first, but her goal is to finish. And they're overnight. You're pushing yourself physically. You're pushing yourself mentally. And it really uh, guided our conversation into living a healthy lifestyle, uh, helping other people, and uh, having goals in our lives about doing good things, doing amazing things that when we look back, when we're all said and done, uh, we have those. We have those experiences. We have those memories. And that's been sitting in my mind. I have, I have three kids, 15, uh, 13, and 10. Uh, my wife, you know, I want to create these experiences. I want to I set these trips. I want to uh, make these activities. I want to do it in my, my role as principal, uh, creating amazing activities for staff and students, right? Different trips we can go on, different experiences. And um, it all goes down to your goals, right? Things you want to achieve in life and, and, and that. So I, I challenge you, I, I say, hey, what are those activities in your life? So many people say, I wish I would, or I would like to try. And I would tell you, we're gonna meet Katie here who is doing that and more in her life. So let's stop talking about it. Let's bring her in the program uh, here and let's meet today's guest on show number 197. Katie, finally, welcome to Education Leadership Beyond. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, this was a while juggling this and trying to get it done. I know you got a busy work schedule here, so thanks for making some time for us. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and it's a special show, Katie. I got my mom watching, uh, and that's Aww. always nice. But Katie, let's let's start right there. Um, tell me about these ultra endurance hikes and these things that you got involved in here that really kind of have brought so many things out in your life that are positive for you. So let's start there. Tell me about these uh, endurance uh, activities. Okay. Well, as as you had mentioned earlier, when we you know when we first met, I was literally the day after one of these events, um, exhausted legs, exhausted everything. But um, just to, since your mom's listening, I would say great job, Andrew's mom. He's an incredible human as well. And uh, despite me being super tired, he he brought out probably uh, kind of the fire and excitement that these events bring you know bring out me in general during our conversation. So. What is the event? The event is called 29029. Uh, 29029 is the elevation of Mount Everest. And it is an endurance hike that you essentially have 36 hours. So from Friday morning until at 6 a.m. until Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening at 6 p.m. to hike ideally 29029 feet. So the equivalent of Mount Everest. Um, I've been, you know, I played played sports all my life. Have have uh, been active my whole life, but hiking was never really, you know, in my bag and wasn't wasn't something I had ever done. Um, and I kind of I started hearing about this, saw some pretty inspirational videos. They had done one of these events before I signed up, um, and I kind of thought, hey, I want to do something that pushes me, that makes me uncomfortable, and is kind of outside, you know, outside of the box for me. So you had an interview for it. And I kind of thought, well, let me all just interview. No, no chance will I get in. I don't have any hiking experience. You know, I, I also live in Florida. There's, you know, there's, there's nowhere, nowhere to train for something like this. So Beaches. anyhow, Beaches. yeah, yeah, right. So anyhow, fast forward, I, I get in, and um, I wanted to go by myself too. I kind of just wanted to again submerse myself in the experience, and uh, that, that's really what it is, right? So th this company rents out a mountain for an entire weekend. So it's 200, approximately 250 participants. And you meet these people, you fly in, you get in you know, on a Thursday, you um, have some really motivational speakers, you have tent mates. So you're, I'm you know, in a tent with two other females that I've never met before. Um, and you kind of then are told, hey, here's what to expect set your goals is, you know, it, it, it's you against you. It's not exactly what you said earlier too. It's not a race, right? It wasn't, I was pretty used to doing things for time or for mileage. And this was really kind of something that was just, you're, you're not going to get a pat on the back for finishing first in this, right? It's more so about not to sound cheesy, but enjoying the journey one step at a time, mental fortitude, mental toughness of, it's, it's going to be dark. It's going to be cold. You can hike through the night. You can, and you're going to choose whatever you want to do, right? You don't have a guide that's saying, you know, we're going to do three more hikes. So, so for example, um, with this, right, your, your ultimate goal is to get to 29 or 29 feet. That was my goal. But there's other individuals that maybe, maybe their, their goal is just to, to never stop. Right. Um, so there, there's different, there's different ascents that you can do. So it's ultimately different, different peaks all throughout the world. Um, and so maybe someone's just going to get to three peaks, but my, my ultimate goal. And in this scenario was 13, 
13 hikes, which was the equivalent of Mount Everest. So I'll stop there. I'm, I'm, I'm going all over the place. Yeah, here. no, it's a, I mean, I know you're excited about it and I love just hearing about it. And I know in your second one, your second experience, you kind of had a little change of mindset, right? Versus, hey, let me let me do the best I can. You had an experience that kind of had a deep impact on you. Can you share that story, Kate? Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, so did the first one. That was in Utah, amazing, amazing experience. Next year comes around, it's in Idaho. This is just this past year. And um, so the first time I did it, I, I would say I probably took in more of my mindset from my my athletics days where it was, I'm gonna push through, I'm gonna finish, I'm not gonna sleep, right? I'm gonna get all the hikes um, fast as I can. And that is what I did, uh, which was good and bad of it. Well, the second time I decided I'm, I, I'm still gonna finish, but I wanna, I'm gonna sleep. I'm gonna enjoy the process a little bit more. I'm going to, because what had happened the first time was I went all through the night. So think about this. You get all through the night. I'm done at 9 a.m. that morning. It's summertime in Utah. You got to go to sleep in your tent. It's 120 degrees in there, oh, right? God. So really the whole next day, I kind of tainted that experience, right? I was just tired and I didn't really get to enjoy the camaraderie of, of the experience as a whole. So I went in with a different mindset the next time and wanted to kind of slow down, talk to people and enjoy it. Um, so I did sleep through the night, finished about midday, the second day, so that's Saturday. And um, throughout throughout some of my hikes, I had met a really nice couple, and uh, Frank and Christine were their names. Christine is a cancer survivor, and she and her husband had done, done this event um, previously as well, but had never reached Everest. And they had told me, you know, Frank's goal, he, you know, we, they both wanted to reach Everest this time. Well... Fast forward to Saturday, I finish, I've taken a shower, I'm changed, I'm feeling good, right? I'm, I'm eating my lunch, I'm feeling accomplished. This is, you know, I'm enjoying my time. Well, Christine is sitting at a table next to me and she's, I can, I can sense it in her, she's nervous and she's waiting for Frank to come down. And it's, you know, it's Saturday afternoon, we're getting the clocks ticking, you have until 6 p.m. And there's no, they don't extend it, they don't even, you know, if there's, X amount of time left, they don't even let you try to make that last ascent. So I can tell she's getting nervous. And I'm talking to her and she said, well, Frank has one left. I couldn't make it, but Frank has one hike left and this coach is gonna help him. I'm like, that's, you know, that's, that's great, that's wonderful, I'm so proud of him. Coach is sitting there with us. Someone runs over to the table, there's some emergency and the coach has to leave. Coach leaves. And uh, I, I can see the look in Christine's eyes. Frank then walks up to get, you know, some a change of clothes, things like that, kind of get re rebooted for this last ascent for him to hit his goal, right, that he has tried multiple times for. He's probably, and Frank's probably 60, 65 years old. Um, so it's really just impressive to begin with. You see, during these events, you see people of every age, um, every ability, and it's really inspiring. So Christine tells Frank, I'm sorry, but this coach had to go. And I mean, everything is just, you know, it's taken out of him. You can see, right, his excitement is just gone. And so in that moment, I kind of just said, I'll go with you. Let's go. 
Okay. I, it just, you know, in, things in life, I think when they happen, you just don't really think it just, you just go with it. Right. And she says, really? And we didn't really even have time. Right. So I'm like, Frank, let's go. Meanwhile, right. I need just eaten lunch. I'm pretty sure I had a glass of wine. <laughs> I am not prepared to hike up another, right. Two hours of this mountain. It doesn't, it's not about me. Right. So he says, yes, he doesn't care. I've never, you know, I met him briefly on the mountain, but we didn't know each other. Literally, we're walking out there. I didn't have shoes on. I go grab some shoes. Some girl is finishing. I take her dirty socks. I throw her socks on and we go up the mountain, right? Like it's, this is like, you don't have time to think. And so we're going up the mountain and this was probably the most humbling and joyful and inspiring experience of my, without a doubt, not probably of the entire time of any of my hikes, right? This guy put his ego completely aside he had one goal in mind and he was the kindest human being I've probably ever met. He talked to me about his life, talked to me about his kids, how inspiring his wife was, how he wanted to do this for her. Um, you know, and I'm just, I am just humbled and grateful that he w was fine with walking up there with a complete stranger, right? We were in it together. The goal was just to get him up the mountain. And he was so, I mean, along the way, we would stop in the shade and take breaks and he would literally make me take my cell phone out and time him and say, put four minutes on there. Nope, get your clock out. I don't want an extra break. You give me four minutes, we have to get to the top. So um, the leaders of the event kind of were texting me throughout saying, where are you guys at? Where are you guys at? Are you gonna make it? Are you gonna make it? And um, we made it. And at the end, Christine is at the top. The whole, I mean, pretty much everybody who's finished is at the top. It's like a team, people are cheering, music is playing. And uh, Frank ran the way in, all the way up on the top, and it was, in, you know, in tears, hugs his wife, and he he hit it. He made his goal and made it to Everest. So I just was, you know, honestly, more than anything, that that stayed with me more than anything I've ever done. Right? He he, I might have, you know, physically been there for him to walk with him to be to be that soul that was with him along the way, but he gave so much more to me than I ever gave to him just by just by seeing that. Wow, that really is such a, a beautiful story and, and uh, your willingness to help somebody else. But what you got out of it, right, by helping other people and people need to hear that message and, and kudos to you. Katie, let's let's shift gears now because I want to ask you how these races, how these experiences have impacted you professionally. You're a regional vice president at Equitable um right now so tell me a little bit about that you work with educators directly um or do you is it in addition to educators yeah so um like you said regional vice president which is really kind of like a business development um officer within the space i cover the state of florida and i work in the group retirement space so we work our our biggest um i would say our biggest footprint is in the K through 12 marketplace, but I also work with governmental entities, any tax exempt, um, anything in the tax exempt market. So I work with educators, but then I also work with the financial advisors. I work with um, the school districts, which we call plan sponsors, um, work with the centers of influence within those school districts, consultants, um, kind of a, the associations where we met, we were at the awesome, yeah. you know, Florida, yeah, Florida Association of School Administrators. So I'm kind of the liaison between all the different parties and what we really, I mean, our, our ultimate goal is to help them allow um, 
their educa- educators to uh, retire with dignity, retire with pride and have, have a secure financial future um, to be able to help them live the lives that they want to live. So a lot goes into it, but um, it's, it's, a, it's a relationship job. Yeah, absolutely. And building trust and all of that. So tell me these great experiences that you have a deep passion for. How, what are some of the things that you've taken away from those and now use as your role as vice president? Oh, gosh, I think, um, I mean, it, they translate into everything, right? They translate into even that story with Frank, right? He's someone who who's older, wiser, more experienced, had so much to teach me. Um, and I would say even within my role now, uh, as I have continued to excel in my role, I always still want to keep the mindset of just being open to learning, being open to um, answering the call, maybe just the saying the yes, doing that. Um and then a lot of a lot of things in life in general, I think, are are about grit, are about your ability to persevere and put yourself in uncomfortable situations or what seem like uncomfortable situations, right? Um, I think the more often I do that, and the more often I, the more I have done things in a physical realm to get me used to that feeling, it does make me more, um, I would say. Uh, more confident in, in taking taking those steps out of the box in my professional life as well too. Because especially when I accepted this role, there's a lot I didn't know. I think I certainly struggled with that, you know, wonderful imposter syndrome. The can I do this? Why me? Are we, are we sure here? And um, I think having having some type of hobby or something else in life that shows me that nine out of 10 times only good comes from that translates into my everyday life, even in the smallest decisions. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, and one of the things that we also connected on, you know, resonated with you was the power of storytelling, the presentation methods uh, that, that you were there in Florida and you saw, and you started now working some of those into your presentations, right? Cause you want to build trust. You want to build those connections with people when you speak. So what were some of the things that stood out to you there in Florida that now you are incorporating into your speaking when you present? Well, I mean, I'm learning from the best. You are an incredible, incredible storyteller. I was, um, you know, for everybody listening, I was privileged enough to watch Andrew speak. And, um, you know, you're mesmerizing. You capture the crowd and you capture the crowd in, I would say, in your ability to tell stories. You do a really good job of concise stories as well. Um, But... I've always believed in the power of storytelling, but once I've gotten into this role and be, had to um, make public speaking a larger, I would say a larger portion of what I do in my day to day, that's really something I've tried to learn, tried to, tried to adopt, adopt myself, just from, just from the, I would say even with the science of it, right? When we're, when we're telling a story, there's a ton of research behind storytelling. And when you tell a story, say it's, say it's, someone who's maybe resistant to an idea or resistant to just hearing you or I talk about it. But when you're able to put it, put it in the form of story, it can be so much more impactful. Um, storytelling shifts perspective, right? There's, there's even research that shows that when you're telling a story, it shifts an individual's brainwaves and they are, their brainwaves become closer and closer to that storytellers, right? So you, you put yourself in this almost lived experience as someone is telling that story it's um, by nature for us to do that right so as you're telling that story that person is has a much higher likelihood of retaining that information Mm -hmm. okay 
Um, doesn't matter how great of a public speaker you are. It doesn't matter how, how high quality of the information is you're sharing, um, our ability to retain and then reciprocate and also repeat is typically much, much higher through yeah. storytelling. Well, and even like the story you just told about Frank, I remembered it. I remembered it from the dinner party there and, and how inspired you were by helping him, right? Like it, it, it transformed you and, and you did that with that story. And uh, yeah, that, it, was, uh, that, it was fun to share that, uh, that information and make those connections. Um, Katie, making those connections, right? You're talking about people's retirements and um, you know, the, 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 there's a lot of security there, right? There's a lot of um, questions for people, especially now with the rising prices and all of that. So what is some advice you have? There's a lot of principals that watch this podcast, a lot of educators, teachers, et cetera. What are some advice uh, points that you have for people uh, regarding their retirement? Um, I mean, the, the list is, is very long, but I'll actually take it back to the storytelling. I think it's really important. So the one piece of advice um, that I got at a very young age about my retirement that I would give to everyone, no matter your age, right? Is start start now, start early. I obviously would give this people advice to those who have, you know, a longer time horizon to invest, but starting now, starting just taking a small portion and starting early, the effect of compounding um, goes a long, long ways, right? We've even just 10 years starting at 25 versus 35, what that ultimately looks like is hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars um, for your financial future. And um, it's really difficult, again, this back to research, right? There's a lot of research on our ability to forecast and see ourselves and feel that in the future. We have a really hard time doing that, right? It's easier for us to do that for other people, but for us to see ourselves in the future and what, what our lived experience will be like in the future based on our actions now, a lot of times those don't align. So it's, I would, and just to, you know, especially when it comes to educators, a lot of the research actually has to do with shame too, right? That, that, educators have this role you know i'm an educator i feel like i should know these things many mm. adults feel like we should know these things so maybe we have a little bit of shame around this or a little bit embarrassed that we don't what you're you're not a financial advisor right you don't feel you go to a doctor when you break your leg you don't feel embarrassed that you don't know how to fix your leg so you go to a doctor i would say the same thing translates right to help you help you ultimately save for the save for the uh, financial future or for for whatever your goals may be maybe it's not retiring maybe it's traveling when you're older right um working with a financial advisor is something that i would always highly highly recommend and just having those conversations being open to having those conversations and and being open to learning what you don't know and not being ashamed of of any of that because none of us know okay none of it right it's especially in the education space though I, I see that a lot so i would i would be open to education and learning yeah katie in the in the right now society we live in right our phones i mean mine is here somewhere you know that you could buy something you could do it right on your phone are you finding that more and more people are more impulsive with spending versus that uh planning and saving and the slow kind of saving for do you, is that something that you see um, I mean, I actually, if in my, you know, I've been in the industry about 12 years. I wouldn't, I don't feel like there's a huge uptick in that. 
Um, I mean, I, I certainly think it, it's easier, right? Um, but ultimately, we're still going to spend on those things that we that that we want in life, right? Um, I, that's where I think the education comes into play. And I think that as I know, equitable as a as a financial firm and many of the industry leaders out there, that's it's actually a really great opportunity to allow others to save more, right? Having the phone, having the ability to do an automatic increase, or if you get a raise, you get a 10% raise, maybe you take 2% of that 10% and you increase your contribution that comes out of your paycheck, right? So the, the field that, I am, that I'm in, this is tax deferred savings. So this is what I would recommend to any young person out there is automatically you take that 10% and you never see it. It doesn't hit your paycheck, right? It's tax deferred. It's able to grow. You have a larger dollar amount that's able to grow over time, right? Versus, I mean, you know how it feels. You get it, you get your paycheck. And then if you want to take $25 out of that, that you were used to spending the $25 on Starbucks, you don't want to do that. So just don't, don't even give yourself the option, right? Yeah. Work with someone, have that, have that um, discipline and just self-knowledge what you're, what you're doing now and the choice you're making now will allow you to actually have freedom and choice in the future. Yeah, a little more restrictive now. I want to know those districts in Florida that are getting 10% raises because that doesn't happen up here <laughs> in the Northeast. Um, Katie, you've had some um, women uh, mentors, some people who've inspired you. You talked about your parents a little bit. Uh, you also talked about Sarah Blakely, right? She's a clothing line inventor there that I think it's Spanx is, is what it is. But like you've had some leadership uh, from her that you've you've taken in and uh, put into your work. Tell me a little bit about what, what it was about Sarah Blakely that got your attention. Um, so I just loved her story. And I think she is an incredibly funny, authentic, real person. Um, not only is she the the um, first self-made female billionaire, so she's you know got a little bit of obviously um, clout behind her strategy, but she's yeah she is, and not that it hasn't. And honestly, it has the reason I admire her. Honestly, has nothing to do with that. I do love that she also has joined the Giving Pledge, and she's you know pledged to give the majority of her wealth to philanthropic causes, um, which which I think is a great goal for all of us. But what I love about her story is. She wanted to go to law school, right? She did go to law school. She couldn't pass the bar, took it multiple times. She wanted to be a lawyer. And it was this, this hardship that became a blessing in disguise. So she then sold fax machines door to door. And at nighttime, she worked on this passion, worked on, she had this spark of an idea. Again, I, I'm, I'm big on intuition. I'm big on really trying to you know, foster that intuition, listen to our, our gut, and she did that. Um, and then she went into a male dominated industry and, you know, forged her own way. And what I love about her is that she, she looked behind her every step of the way, right? She didn't, she, she still is again, always, always contributing so much of her success to those who helped her along the way. And I think that the world becomes a, a much brighter and better place. And I think it's, it's really special when you see people like that become extremely, successful in whatever facet that may be happiness wealth whatever it is and then she takes that and she gives back and she makes the world a better place so i would i think we can all all you know we don't have to be billionaires to do that you know and she's a good reminder of that if you have 25 cents you can contribute you can open a door you can smile that to someone you can there's so many ways you can make the world a better place but she certainly was a a female figure that has been able to make a big impact so yeah 
and another non-billionaire uh, that, that you admired and took some of her leadership, Mother Teresa, right? And, and here, you just look at those two people that are kind of your mentors, right? Uh, the giving and the caring, uh, the business, you know, it's, a, it's like the perfect combination for someone in your role. Tell me what it is there uh, about Mother Teresa and why, why you, you know, kind of mentioned her and, and, and what's in, in there in your heart with her. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I again didn't want to be cliche and say, you know, Gandhi, Mother Teresa, these these figures that everybody knows and hears, but it's true. I, I, one of her, she says some, I'm not going to say this correctly, but one of her, you know, quotes or most well-known quotes from her is, you know, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. And I think that that's a really good example of just it doesn't, again, it doesn't take a billion dollars, right? It doesn't take, it, it, there's no monetary number that you can put on your ability to impact the impact the world and create that positive ripple effect i think by her also serving is where she found so much of her purpose and loving others and doing the little things right day in and day out focusing on gratitude and service helped her make a profound impact on this world right and and oftentimes we we look at these people long after they're gone you know during you know during her living years was she as well known and loved and you know, maybe, maybe not, but I think at the end of the day, when we look back on that, there's a lot of times common threads with um, the people that have, you know, either been successful or, or really just made an impact on how we want to live our lives. Yeah. Beautiful stuff, Katie. Um, it's inspiring to hear that and it's inspiring to see you put those things into action. Katie, how about you personally? You talked about the work you're doing, some of these passion projects. <clears throat> But you know you have you have a family, you have children, you have dogs, you have a business life. You have a, you know how do you keep sharpening your saw? What are some strategies that you use to continue to improve and grow yourself? So right now, I would totally say I am a recovering perfectionist and a self help junkie. I mean, I love learning. I love. Um, you know, I love human behavior. I love the mind. I love, but, but at the end of the day, what I really love is, is our souls as human beings. Right. And I think that as I've gotten older, spirituality, mindfulness has become much more a center focus of mine. Um, you know, in spirituality in whatever way that may be, maybe that's religion, maybe it's not, but for me, it's something that I have really tried to, um, foster and grow my meditation practice. So that's something, especially this year, I would say probably within the last five years, I started integrating that more into my, into my routine. I've always had a great physical routine, um, but more important than anything, I think our ability to um, kind of foster that intuition and inner guide is, um, can kind of just, I think we're put on this earth to be some sort of inspiration or guiding light for others. And one way that I am able to do that is um, through learning to love myself first and foster that that relationship with my higher self, with um, breath work, with, you know, self-care, with maybe being a little bit more gentle at times and not pushing, 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 right? Um, getting quiet and um, really strengthening that mental muscle, that heart muscle, um, and I think that that has, that has served me very well. So that's something that it's, it's a, you know, everything's a journey. Everything's, it's certainly a practice, but especially meditation, right? I started with five minutes, try to get to 10, try to get to 15, try to get to 20, right? Some days 
it's absolutely awful. Other days it's magical. So that's, that's right now. That's my, probably my, my newest focus. Yeah. And I know you're an early person. Is this something like you schedule in the morning? Do you schedule it around your, your family calendar? How, how do you build in that time? I, I absolutely do. I am a, I am a early bird. I am an early riser for sure. And for me, um, where again, recovering perfectionist, right? I'm trying to be a little bit less rigid. So just because I didn't do it at, you know, 4.35 in the morning doesn't mean the rest of the day's ruined. So I absolutely do. I wake up between four and 4.30 each day. I also go to bed between eight and 8.30. So I'm a huge proponent of sleep as well. Um, but kind of it's that, I think that morning time is really, it's like my magic hour. I get up, have my coffee, have my time where I, um, you know, have a little bit of a gratitude practice and scheduling my meditation. And just sticking with that um, helps me to be much more grounded, centered and aware throughout the rest of the day. Awesome. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. You know, and it's not it's not the end of the world. So I agree with you, though. It's so important to to schedule that time, be intentional about it and, and make it happen because life is fast, you know. Um, Katie, we talked about a number of things. Was there something that you wanted to talk about that I didn't ask you about? Oh, goodness. Um, no, I mean, I, I, I was here to follow your lead. This is so fun. I'm just appreciative that you have me on here. I don't, I mean, I think I've kind of, kind of touched on most of it. So, yeah. Well, the name of the show is Education, Leadership, and Beyond. And, <laughs> and you know, the, your story, those experiences certainly fall in the beyond part. But there's a lot that we as leaders can learn from that, the work you're doing, not only professionally, right, investing in the retiring, but uh, I don't know, I, I found that story about uh, Frank and, and that, and just again, what it what it did for you, so. Um, but hey, Katie's you know what I will share real fast, because you were talking about that with educators. Um, I was listening to a podcast yesterday, and he was, this individual was a former principal, is now a coach, and um, he was super inspiring, just also talking about, um, educators abilities to coach each day right it, there's a difference between coaching and therapy it was kind of what he was discussing and i think really you're you are a impeccable example of that you within your role um your ability to coach individuals and instill confidence in your students and your staff has obviously a resounding effect and anybody Anybody that uh, you come across, I would say you make their path, their path, their day, their their life brighter and better. And I think you you come into that with a coaching mentality, I, I would imagine. So I think kind of the the openness to coaching others in, in whatever role that may be and asking questions um, is really, really important. Yeah, for sure. And like you said earlier, it's a journey, right? Uh, we want to do the best we can on this journey and there's ups and downs, there's struggles. Um, but you know, I, I think it's good work that we're doing and uh, I think that's what we had connected on. Cool. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. Well, Katie, I know you got a busy schedule. This is rapid fire time. These are quick answer questions. First thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? Ready. All right. Last book you read. Think like a monk. Mm. Last movie you saw? Free Guy. That was funny, right? <laughs> yeah, it was cute. <laughs> that was funny. Favorite place to travel? You've lived in California, out west. You've been in different spots, Wyoming. Where's your favorite place to travel? 
Well, I right now I'd have to say the mountains. So, yep, I, I live at the beach, so I, I love to love to get some of that crisp mountain there in my. I need that; it, it feeds my soul. Heading to September to Canada for your next uh, yeah. thing there. Uh, you mentioned a blog. In addition to education, leadership, and beyond, what is a journal or blog you subscribe to? Well, you stole that one. The <laughs> only blog I read is yours. Um, no, I, I, I'm actually a huge podcaster, so I would say from a blog standpoint, um, one of my favorites, I would say, is Rich Rolls. He has a, he has a really good, uh, I would say, um, kind of touches on a lot of different overall wellness topics that I really enjoy. Yeah. Uh, Katie, you talked about a number of passion projects. What's a, what's a pet peeve? What's something that gets under your skin? Uh, I cannot stand when people are rude and unkind to servers. Mm, very true. Or anybody that's anybody that's helping. Just anyone in general. It, just, it gets me when people are just rude. What is the general reaction when people see the spelling of your name? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they a lot of times they I get compliments on it, which I obviously cannot take any credit for. I tell them, you know, I'll let my mom know she did a good job. <laughs> I'll tell my mom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, best purchase under a hundred bucks that has had a great impact on your life. Um, I so I recently have started subscribing to this food delivery service. It is seventy five dollars, and it's called Garden Butcher. Um, it is. I think it's just in Florida and New York. Um, so far, I know it's growing, but without a doubt, busy schedules, healthy eating. I'm a huge proponent of you know trying to eat mostly whole foods. And so this is an easy way that I can feed myself and my family um, nutritious foods and for a pretty decent price. Awesome. Uh, something about Katie Dickerson that people do not know about. Oh, geez, Louise. Um, this was a hard one. I don't know, gosh that I would say maybe that just one day, you know, I want to be my own boss and own my own company and, you know, something uh, along those lines. I, I you know, I, I couldn't, I was having a hard time thinking of that one. I know Sarah Blakely <laughs> uh, watches the show. So if she's listening, maybe uh, we'll, we'll spin off from there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Katie, how, how can people get in touch with you? They want to learn more about your work or if they want to talk professionally about investing and the retirement, how can people best get in touch with you? Honestly, the best way to reach me is via my email. I, um, about eight months ago, completely got off social media. So just katie.dickerson at gmail.com is my email. Katie, K-A-Y-D-I dot Dickerson at gmail.com would be the best way to get in touch with me and I'd be happy to connect. Cool. Katie, is there a quote uh, that you'd like to share to end the program? Yeah. So this is kind of a long one. And it's more of a statement. So I, I'm answering your question without answering your question correctly. <laughs> um, so here it goes. All right. I wrote it down here. So it says, confidence is a result, not a requirement. Confidence will come over time, but having the courage to try something new will serve you in life far more than focusing on focusing on feeling confident. Confidence is ultimately the result of execution. The most valuable and important things in my life came to me when I had the courage to become vulnerable and perfect and self-compassionate. Wow. Yeah. 
That was awesome. That's a a good one. Yeah. I'm going to replay that and and write that down. So many people uh, need to hear that. And and you've done that, right? These activities have brought that out for you. And they're shining through different experiences now in your life. So kudos. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Yeah. Education, Leadership, and Beyond. This was show number 197. We're almost at 200. And uh, it's been a journey. So I appreciate the time here. Absolutely. All right, Katie, stay on the line a second. Uh, This was Katie Dickerson, everyone. Uh, Equitable, check her out. And uh, again, interested in some of those endurance uh, hikes. Uh, She's an expert there. So, Uh, But we are going to sign off. Again, I want to do give uh, my sponsor a shout out, Hamsey's Cookies. There it is. Murata 15 is that discount. Check them out, and David will take care of you. Uh, Show number 197. If I can help you with anything, don't hesitate to reach out at Angie Murata 21 on Twitter. Signing off here on Education, Leadership, and Beyond.